You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Today on the Illini Enquirer podcast, it's a supersized edition of Jay Lehman, our All-American linebacker. We get about a full hour with Jay. We're skipping the film room this week because, let's be honest, there's not much to break down of that Northwestern game other than that uh, they got quarterback issues. But I do ask Jay a little bit about his impressions of that game to close out the season. But what we're going to do today is a two-parter. First part, season review. What Jay Lehman thought about this season, the biggest strides this program made, the strides it still has to make, uh, of course, to win a Big Ten West championship or to compete atop the Big Ten. We dive into all of that, dive into who stood out the most to him, who took the biggest steps, uh, who were the offensive and defensive MVPs. I thought his defensive MVP conversation uh, was pretty interesting, so we'll dive into that. And, of course, then we will talk about the offseason, a huge offseason that starts now. The transfer portal opens a week from today, recording this on November 28th. The transfer portal window opens on December 5th. Of course, we're seeing grad transfers like one, Cade McNamara, quarterback at Michigan, enter, but it's going to be busy. D.D. Snyder is the first Illini to enter the transfer portal. Not a surprise there. Another member of the class of 2021 uh, and a guy who hadn't played a game yet in two years at Illinois. Uh, you know, that's not a surprise. Liked covering DD's recruitment, got to know him and his dad a little bit. Uh, but that's not a surprise. Those aren't the ones that you regret losing because he's a guy who was fighting for playing time and, and hadn't seen the field yet. Like, you're going to lose guys that are your third string guys. It's about keeping as many as possible from leaving your two deep. And we'll see how that goes. Uh, it's an interesting time with NIL. Uh, do players leave because they can go to the highest bidder basically now? Uh, so that's what is going to be interesting about this entire portal. But again, most of it is where can I get the opportunity? Where can I play? Where can I prove myself to the NFL? Uh, it's going to be a huge week and weeks ahead for Illinois football. And of course, you have the early signing period and you got the coaching carousel going around and you got two big splash hires in Luke Fickle going to Wisconsin. Uh, also, Matt Rule going to Nebraska. I get Jay's thoughts on all of that coming up next right here on the Illini Enquirer podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, it's Mondays with Jay Lehman, our All-American linebacker. And Jay, an 8-4 season doesn't end in a Big Ten West title uh, or a Big Ten championship game appearance, but it ends with the Land of Lincoln trophy. And I, I was just going through this. Uh, it's It's been a long time that this has been a struggle uh, to, to get the Land of Lincoln trophy. And I know for you, um, you know, getting that one your senior year was was a big deal. Um, so, so to end it with that trophy always has to be a good feeling. I think we're expanding our reach, really. I mean, here it is. It's just like, hey, we're starting to own the state, starting to win our fair share of recruits. Um, You know, we didn't do great when we went, you know, east of the Indiana border. But, man, when we stayed west, I mean, we were were powerful. I mean, we took Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota, Nebraska out. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I I think a win against your rival is a win against your rival. It's certainly better than – um, then losing your rival, is it as storied as some other rivals? Probably not, right. right? But I think it means a lot to the players on this team. I think it means a lot to this coaching staff and, and, a, and, a, and you know, a team that's quite frankly gotten a lot of recruits from Illinois over the past couple of years. Yeah, before the Bielma got here, Northwestern won 14 of the last 18 uh, in, in this series, which is which is hard to comprehend. So that certainly has been a step forward, beating them 88 to 17 over the last couple years. You know, when I was watching that game yesterday, uh, two days ago, rather at this point, you know, I re- it brought me back to what it's like not to have a quarterback. <laughs> like uh, it, it's that difficult, right? I, I was had- like, I was like, oh, this is what people were like when we had, when we had some of these guys that were playing quarterback for us. They were like, these guys have no business being a Big Ten quarterback. We won't mention names. You guys can look them up who they are. But like it gave me 2017 vibes. You you can just point to that season. Yeah. 2017 vibes. And you're just like, wow, anything that goes well will be sabotaged by your quarterback. He'll drop a snap. He'll throw a pick. He'll, you know, it's just, it's just like that. Right. Cause North, I don't know if I've ever seen a game where North, a team outgained another team and got beat that bad. Right. So Anyway, it, it may be really thankful for Tommy DeVito, which I know we'll get into when we talk about quarterbacks and whatnot. Um, when I was thinking through my Thanksgiving list, that was that was at the top right there, Tommy D. <laughs> there you go. Um, Jay, do you have any takes from that game other than that? Because, I mean, what a Sidney Brown, Devin Witherspoon showcase. Sure. Um, so Reggie I, I, Love. I don't think – I think it's fair to say that Chase probably wasn't himself after he nicked up his ankle a little bit. You know, ankle injuries can do that. Honestly, you, you, you kind of – you tweak it and you're kind of out for that week. Kind of like having Devito in Iowa, right? Just just couldn't go. And 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 I think with with the Chase's style running, you know, another position maybe could have been okay with it. Uh, but he's a pretty tough guy. I, I don't think he was a hundred percent. Really encouraged though to see Reggie Love. I'll just go position by position. Really encouraged to see Reggie Love. You know, and and Brett talks about him playing with low pad level. I've noticed him start to break more tackles, kind of get some more patience to him. Uh, so I think Reggie Love can be, uh, you know, it's going to be a stable of running backs, I think, with uh, Lawfrey, Lawfrey, am I saying that right? Yep. And and Anderson and, of course, Josh McCray and, and Reggie Love. I'm sure I'm missing somebody in there, but I think those four are the ones that come to my mind for next year. And so um, I, I was excited about what I saw from him. I think up front offensive line-wise, um, 
this is just year two. We're going to get better and better and better. They weren't, they gave up more pressure than I thought they should have given up against uh, uh, Aditamue Adabare. You know, he's a good, good player. Um, but I think they were just going to get better. I, I was really, imp- you know, Pat Bryan is, 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 is tough for me to figure out because sometimes it feels like, and receivers can be forgotten in games or stretches of games. I think he has the ability to be an all big 10 receiver by the time he's done. I really do. You know, I think he's got hands. I think he's got that ability. I think Tip Ryman has the same ability too. Good to see Luke Ford make, make a couple catches as well, but that's kind of what I saw offensively. And then defensively, I mean, we just can't say enough about the defensive backs, right? I was so glad to see spoon get a couple interceptions. That was the one number he was lacking a little bit. Um, not by his own fault. You know, he got one stripped away at, at Purdue that he should have had, but to pad his stats and, I think everybody t- took a collective sigh of relief. I was thankful for your tweet during the game because they didn't show him jog off the field. They just came back and uh, good old Big Ten Network not giving us a, <laughs> us an update. That's a parting shot. No, um, anyway, uh, they didn't give us an update on. It, so then I saw Spoon back on there. But Spoon, Sydney, we can't say enough about that. Quan Martin played really well. I thought Kendall Smith played well. I also thought this was Isaac Dark Angel's best game yeah. uh, defensively. Sad to see him go. Although I don't know if he has a, you know a seventh or eighth year in him, probably not. But I thought he he's one of those guys. I think all these teams that are special have one or two guys that come from a either a walk on position and, and and really contribute um, in in a meaningful way. And I think that was Isaac Dark Angelo. Um, D line wise, Calvin Avery. Uh, you know, I thought he played well. I saw your tweet about him playing well too. So not just stealing. I thought that was actually a really good take on by your part because we haven't seen that kind of penetration the last couple of weeks. We did see that early in the season. Um, Johnny may not show up on the stat sheet, but I think him and Keith are as disruptive as ever. As ever. And so when I look at all of it, um, you know, I I think it's a pretty complete performance. Offense could have done better. Tommy obviously probably wasn't his best, but um, Tommy was Tommy. You know, steady as ever and. Uh, Really, I, I think it's it's harder than it looks to lose those three games. Kind of feel like you're almost out of the Big Ten West. I know they had a chance with Purdue and whatnot, but to come out and just take care of business like that speaks a lot to the maturity of this football team. So Jay, you're eight and four, five and four in the Big Ten, second place in the in the Big Ten West. I know it's disappointing. You know, there, there's a part of the season we talked about last week that that's a little bit of what if, right? Like sure. if only kind of season. Sure. Yeah, how, how do you view this season now that we're we're done with the regular season? How do you look at it? So if I look at it from a program standpoint, I like what Brett said. You know, one game away last year from a bowl, one game away this year from you know a division title. I think if we were to zoom out two years ago when Brett got this job and said, "Here's the first two years," we would have taken it in a heartbeat, right? Yeah. Um, I also think, and this is. This is how it always is at the end of the year. Is you're like, oh my gosh, but we're gonna we're gonna lose so many guys. But going into this year, we weren't that excited about some of our guys that we're losing, right? And so it speaks a lot to I think the player development of this program. They've they've really developed these players. Not a ton of highly highly recruited guys. Certainly had athleticism, but but not a lot of highly recruited guys. So. I think we're on the right trajectory. It, it sounds like, and I know there's a lot to be decided the next three weeks, uh, that we are in the battles we need to be in for recruiting. Now, wh- wh- whether those battles go like, um, you know, October games or November games, we shall see, right? Um, but I, I think all these pieces are lining up for Illinois to be better, which I think is going to be good. And I think that the Big Ten West, 
with the addition of USC and UCLA and now with some other coaches, which I'm sure we'll get into, is going to be probably a stronger conference moving forward. But I think Illinois is well positioned to compete in that conference. I really do. I don't think it's something to worry about. I think Illinois with Brett Bielen, we got a coach that's won three Big Ten championships. Let's not forget that. Uh, so he's a pretty proven coach uh, in this conference, probably more proven than anybody else uh, right now outside of, you know, I don't know, Jim Harbaugh right now is hotter. <laughs> Ryan Day certainly isn't hotter. We know that. So, Jay, what was the greatest stride this program made this season? That's a great. That's a that that's a that's a really good question. I wish it could be. I wish it was that they learned how to win close games. And that was the stride that did not happen. Yeah. Uh, so that that's difficult. I think, well, you just answered my next question, which what's the next thing? And I think so, that's winning. Well, and, I, and, I, and I hate to I hate to focus on the negative, right? I, I really do. I really do. But I think uh, the the biggest stride they took was it was in the passing game. I mean, and I, and I think there's – you look at just from a number standpoint of what their passing attack was last year to this year, um, I think that's multifaceted. I think it starts with Tommy DeVito. I think it starts with Barry Lunny. Um, I think there's a whole other step to take. In fact, I think – I was thinking this before Brett said this, but Brett really thought that – uh, that the offense is going to take, he thought they were going to take a big step in the spring. And he thinks they're going to take another big jump in the coming year. You know, um, I think Ryan Walters is a great defensive coach. I think it's going to be pretty hard to duplicate the defense they had this year with some of the guys leaving. Uh, we'll get a bigger, a better picture of that over obviously the next coming months, but I just don't think you can replace, you might replace with similar athletes, but the experience of a guy like Quan, a guy like Sydney. Uh, Witherspoon, uh, we'll we'll see what happens with Johnny and and Tariq Barnes and whatnot and, and Keith, but um, you know, so I, but I'm encouraged because I think the offense can make up that right. Yeah. So I think when I think the biggest jump they made was the the jump uh, offensively being able to throw the football. I also think the next jump for them to make is to get into the 30 point range more often and have explosive plays. We did not have that. Part of that is skill and playmakers. Part of that was a little bit scheme and, and, and pumping the run because that, that's who we are. But I think in order to take that next jump to be a 10-win team, we've got to have more explosive plays. I agree with you, Jan. I'm glad you brought that up because if you do zoom out, like the defense was great last year. It took an, a leap to elite for the most part this season. Sure. The running game was good last year. It took a, another step forward. But the biggest difference of this team – was was a competent passing attack. Like it wasn't as big as of a leap as Ryan Walters year one taking over his defense right. and and all of a sudden it goes from worst to fourth in the Big Ten. But that was right. a significant step to go from worst passing offense in the Big Ten to middle of the pack. Absolutely. I mean so we're asking what's the what's the biggest step and that made up that made a huge difference, right? I mean we thought last year if we had a passing attack, we would have won two or three more games. Yep. Uh, I think Maryland, I think Purdue, this is in the twenty twenty one season. Um and what did we win with a passing attack? We win two or three more games, right? And a better defense. And 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 to that that being said, we were not blown out or outplayed uh, in in well blown out in any game. The only game I thought we were out physical in in the entire season was Purdue. Agreed. I thought we were even against Michigan State, although it wasn't our best. I thought we dominated. So I would give us ten wins and one draw and one loss on the physicality piece of it my look at the season and i think that's really encouraging to see what are we doing in the weight room with tank you know um i think it's proven that they're they're being more physical up front and these guys are not ready-made big behemoth linemen 
we're developing those guys. So I think for me, that's the most encouraging thing because when the offensive line works, almost everything works, right? Um, that's the biggest thing when it comes to offense. Now, we got to learn how to throw the football down the field a little bit better. Got to get some separation and stretch. And when the defensive line is good, this was I'm really encouraged by next season because I think Keith could be back. I don't know about Johnny. Certainly, you know, it, it would be – I know he didn't have a ton of sacks, but it would be hard to be I, – I don't know if he could be as disruptive as he was this year. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, I, I remember Kirk Ferentz saying this about Desmond King. Desmond King was a junior. He won the Thorpe Award. He had like nine picks or something something crazy. And Kirk Ferentz was said, his going to be better next year. He just might not have the picks, yeah. right? And I, I have no, no doubt that Johnny could be better. Um, you know, it, it, and the first thing that tipped me off to Johnny is I was talking, Terrence Jameson, love the guy, lives in my neighborhood, actually. And I was seeing him at a cookout. And I was like, man, I was, I was looking forward to see Keith Randolph playing uh, in the spring game. But remember, he was hurt. And he's like, yeah, Keith's great. We, we love Keith. But man, Johnny's made some big strides. And that's why I was like, oh, man, that's interesting that he would say that. And when he saw that, you know, so... Mm-hmm. I don't take it lightly when these coaches say the offense is going to take a big jump or, hey, I knew we we're going to be better here. Um, so that that's exciting to me. Um, and, and and that's another coach I think that has not gotten the credit maybe we talked about. We, we talked about Aaron Henry, uh, but I think Kevin Kane. And we, talk, we talked about Andy Boo, but I don't, Kevin Kane, all these guys are good. But I think Terrence Jameis, if we look at the play bar, those three interior defensive linemen, I, I, I would put him uh, – I know – I know Broyles awards go to, you know, coordinators, but as far as a position coach, you know, I don't know a guy that's got his guy playing at a much higher level than that guy. Yeah. Uh, Jay, we, we do our film rooms. Like you've taught me to, to look at the, the technique, right? That the hands, right. the leverage, all those things. It is fantastic by those guys. It's like, well we PJ Fleck, who I, I will say can, can border on the line of hyperbole sometimes, but you know, he, he said, you know, I've never seen guys that can extend and shed blocks like these guys. Um, I think that's pretty, that's, that's a positive thing. When you're looking at uh, how do we build a program? We're talking about building programs, right? What what we got to do? And that, that's positive. I think it starts up front. Well, Jay, uh, just do a quick hitters here. Um, I think I know the answer to this question, but I, I do think we could have fun with this topic of who is the offensive MVP? Because it's clear who is the most productive, but one other guy, a newcomer, made a big impact. Yeah, you know, I, I don't think Chase runs for what he runs without Tommy, right? right. Um, and I don't think Tommy throws for what he throws without Chase, right. you know? So um, I don't think I can go anybody other than Chase when you lead the nation in rushing. He did end up beating Mo, Mo Ibrahim, I think. Yeah, right? he led Power 5, yeah. Well, he led Power 5, and, you know, I just – I mean, that that's impressive, um, super impressive, especially the last two games of the year, banged up a bit. Um, so I'm going to go with Chase. Tommy was a was a huge, huge piece of it, though. And, you know, I think he's kind of set the standard for transfer quarterbacks for us. Like, if we're going to get a transfer, we've got to be just as good as Tommy, right? Uh, next guy's got something to live up to for the first time. Um, defensive MVP. This is, this is tougher. Uh, and I think we could talk about these guys. Are they a Big Ten defensive player of the year? Not just Illinois defensive player of the year. Um. So who do I think the best overall player is on defense? I think that's Devin Witherspoon. I agree. I think he's the best overall player. Um, corner is one of those one of those places where offenses can tend to ignore and just run their offense without doing it. So I'm not sure I would call him uh, an MVP. 
I, I actually have a split MVP vote between Johnny and Sydney. Hmm. I think I think um, both those guys deserve to be MVP of this football program. You know, I, I think Quan and, and Witherspoon got got some of the pub early, but I think Sydney really with all the different things he does. Um, and and then you know the Northwestern coaches talked about him. We heard PJ Fleck talk about him. Um, he does a lot of different things. So I, I hate to be political and and uh, and kind of fence it and say, hey, these are both the guys. But I, I really don't know how you make a difference between Johnny or Sydney. I think those guys both play lights out. I think they're both all conference performance. I think you could put them as all Americans and NFL draft picks. Yeah, I had three of those guys all Big Ten first team uh, in my vote. If I'm supposed okay, to say well, that, I, I agree with that, and I, I really, I really do hope they, I really do hope they get that. I know that they don't have, uh, you usually don't have a nickelback position in that vote, but yeah. I think Quan, if there was a nickelback, would probably be that guy. Yeah. Uh, most improved, Jay, on the offensive side of the ball. Mm. I think Pat Bryant's got to be up there. Yeah, I think Tip Ryman's got to be up there, and when we when we talk about offensive line. I don't know if he's improved, but he, but Isaiah Adams, I mean, from Juco to now, we didn't have a, we didn't have a, a really a sample set in an Illinois uniform before. Um, Another guy I want to shout out is uh, Alex Pilstrom being a serviceable, solid starter for them this year. I thought I mean, was that was really we important. Thought that we, I know. I thought that maybe, you know, Kruitz might get the position and, you know, there was never a doubt that Pilstrom. So I think, I think Mr. Most Improved, you got to see Pilstrom's really good. I do think Palcho, who wasn't healthy last year, if we look from year to year, did improve. Now, he's had some good times where he's played really well, where he's been healthy and whatnot, and what he's meant to this program. So, um, yeah, I put Pilstrom and Palcho in that category as well. How about defense, Most Improved? Well, Johnny took a huge jump from what he was um, from, from, from last year. Um, Seth Coleman went healthy really improved it was banged up last year but i also got to say that that i think um uh witherspoon played at a completely different level than he has in the past he was good but he wasn't thorpe good and uh i, I just thought what when you look at what trey palmer did to iowa i mean uh the, the nebraska receiver it was pretty astounding and, and he basically erased every receiver that he went against I mean, I think Charlie Jones had four catches for 66 yards, but it wasn't certainly wasn't game changing. And so I'm going to have to say, I'm going to have to say Spoon, most improved. There you go. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, Jay, let's talk about the offseason. That's what everyone's focused on now. Before we get to a bowl game, which seems like maybe a ReliQuest Bowl is, is the main one, which Florida on, on New Year's Day doesn't seem like the worst thing in the world. But we got a huge offseason. These offseasons are crazier than ever, Jay. Transfer portal window opens next Monday. Uh, early signing period late this month, December 21st through the 23rd. Uh, then, of course, you have bowl practices, all this stuff going on. So for you, what is the most important thing for Illinois football to accomplish this offseason? Oh, it's just it's it's a great question. You, you hit three of them, right? Transfer portal, signing day, win the bowl game. So I think number one, if and this is an internal discussion, Illinois. Had, this is this is me coming from the outside. If you don't think Leary or Sitkowski is a guy that can run the system that you need, then I think the number one thing we got to do is get a transfer portal quarterback. Number one on the list, no doubt. We saw what kind of changed this. So that's that's number one. I, I think. Um, Number two is I think we got to win some of these battles for recruits that we're going up against Big Ten teams that are similar or maybe better than us. I know we're going up against, for the kid out of Kankakee, we're going up against Michigan. I know we're going against a couple of these teams for some linemen in in in, in Chicago and, and other places. I think we got to I, – I, I always say – you, and just the same with the game. You don't got to win every play, but you got to win your fair share, right? And so you're never going to win everything, every game, every play, every recruiting battle, but you got to win your fair share. I think we got to win our fair share. That's number two. And then number three, you know, I, I'm not trying to minimize the bowl game, but I, I think the benefit of the bowl game is is twofold. One, the developmental practices you get as a program to install that in young guys and build that, and they're going to have that no matter what. And number number two is – uh, in in the let's say it's ReliaQuest going against a, a, an SEC team, maybe a, a Kentucky or a, I don't know who who would line up with us in that red hot South Carolina, Mississippi South Carolina, State, and Mississippi all their cowbells, State. yeah, you know, so, so you know, some something like that, an eight and four, nine and three team, you know, um, I think that's a great place to have a reality check of how good are we, you know, outside of our conference. Uh, outside of our friendly confines of the Midwest. And so uh, I think that's going to be good too. I'm, it's it's hard to rank those. It's a good question, but that's kind of where I rank them right now as far as building a program. Whenever you have success, Jay, someone's going to try and steal your people. Um, if Ryan Walters gets offered the Colorado job, you just tip your cap and say, hey, thanks for all your contributions, right? Uh, it's a power sure. five coaching job, even though it's a difficult one. But how important is it to keep him? Like how important is it to get another year or two of him? I think it's extremely important. Uh, one, I think having him there, I think he's a great football mind, but I think as long as he's there, you're going to attract a certain type of player in the transfer portal and recruiting-wise, right? They've seen the aggressive style that they play. They've also seen the success now of Kirby Joseph. We're going to see the uh, – we, we're going to see this – really, I mean, I think all three of those defensive backs will get drafted. Um and if, if they have success early, that, that's going to kind of build something up. You know, I don't know who the last, other than Ohio State, which has been DBU since Urban Meyer was there, I don't know who the last Big Ten team to have three DBs drafted 
in one NFL draft was. Uh, certainly Ohio State's done it multiple times. I think that's impressive. So I think it's really important. I, I'm actually concerned that um, that Ryan Walters will get offered the Cincinnati job. Hmm. I think he's a really good fit for that. I think it's the right size. I know that they're going to the Big 12, I believe. It's probably a better job than Colorado. <laughs> uh, it, it is. I mean, we look at the guys that have gone through Cincinnati. I mean, Brian Kelly, Mark D'Antonio, Luke Fickle, Butch Jones went through there, yeah. right? I mean, you could make an argument that Cincinnati – is the Credo coaches, not Miami of Ohio. The reason these these lower level, um, shouldn't say lower, I'll call mid-major, uh, group of five, mid-major is a basketball term, yeah. group of group of five uh, teams in Ohio are good is because there's Ohio's a great football state, right? And, and Ohio State's not going to take those guys. And so we've got well, we've got tons of Mac schools there, right? We got Bowling Green, we got Miami of Ohio, but Cincinnati's kind of risen above those over the past couple of years, and you know, from Conference USA to American Athletic to now they're going to be going to the Big Twelve is what I I, I think that's still yeah. in the works. I mean, that stuff's so in flux all the time. I never wanted to just say it is, but I think Cincinnati is a job where you can get players that will win there, uh, and you can recruit. I mean, Fickle's recruited just as good, you know, as some lower level Big Ten teams. You know, at, at at Cincinnati, if not better. So, I think it's. Uh, I think I, I'm nervous that Cincinnati's going to come calling for Ryan Walters. I think he's a really good fit for that, an up and coming guy, physical, plays defense. I, I have not heard anything. That's right. just me speculating. Yeah, I mean, I know some people were throwing out Urban to, to go there. Urban in the Big Twelve would be fun. Tom, well, Herman. Well, he, did, he did. He did. He did. I think he's a Cincy alum. Yeah. Uh, Tom Herman would make some sense there. And that's a good job. That's a really good job, and especially now that it's going to the Big 12. I want to get your thoughts on some of the new coaches coming to the Big 10 uh, here in a little bit, Jay. But you mentioned quarterback. That is, right, that is number one uh, on the list um, outside of, you know, you can keep it up there with Ryan Walters keeping him and, and keeping some of these NFL draft guys. But how much better of a sell is it with Barry Lonnie and with what Tommy DeVito did? Well, I think it's a lot easier to sell that. Remember, they got Tommy DeVito when Peterson was the was the coordinator. I remember talking to you after the Northwestern game, I think last year, and they threw the ball a lot in that game. I don't know if you remember. They got chased 100 yards, and then they then they started throwing the ball. I think they were 240 yards, looked for the stat sheet, and I was thinking, man, they were trying to do that to show that they can throw the football. And we we were able to get Tommy with with Peterson as the, and I think that's all Brett Bielema being a salesman of just like hey we're you know knowing knowing what the need is which is he got sacked a ton right mm-hmm. and 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 finding something's different you know when I heard Brett say when when he got Russell Wilson to transfer people said oh he's a he's a running quarterback that never really fit when he saw a really good passing quarterback that could be great right or in Tommy it was like man this guy never really fit in the in the, in the spread spread game when I saw a quarterback that just never had been protected, right? So it's it's kind of like looking through what people don't see and saying, this is the guy that I want to get. And so I think that's got to be number one. I don't know who the transfer portal options are right now. Uh, we will know more and more, I guess, as uh, the week goes along and, and the portal opens up. But I think that's going to be a very, very critical component to the success. I mean, I that's why I put that as number one on the list. Yeah, a guy like Cade McNamara just entered. And last year I would have thought Illinois would have a great chance, right? But like now, you know, Bruce Feldman just mentioned Iowa is an intriguing spot. I that was the first place I thought of too. Like Wisconsin would be interesting for him. But Illinois can compete for a guy like that now, I would imagine, given what right. they did this year. I and if I'm a quarterback, I'm still asking the question to Bruce Feldman or Imbus, why would I want to go to Iowa? I mean, I mean, I mean, seriously, but let's talk about, I mean, I gotta go back to what, like Ricky Stanzi to, uh, not Ricky's, that's probably Stanley? too far. Was, was that him? 
Nate Stanley? Uh, uh, yeah, Nate Stanley. He was solid. Uh, there was a guy before that. He's, uh, he's, uh, gosh, what a, you know, a Buffett. No, a, a, has a B, B name. Brad Banks. Is that who you're thinking of? Oh, Brad, that's 2002. He was <laughs> blonde. He's blonde hair. He's actually playing in the NFL now. Yeah. And, uh, his uncle was an Illinois coach and I'm just, I'm just, and his, and his grandpa was a Washington Redskins, uh, GM, Bobby. CJ Beathard. That's CJ Beathard. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Yes. Sorry, Coach Beathard. I forgot your <laughs> last name. Coach receivers on that Rose Bowl team. That's right. So uh, long story short, what, why would I want to go to – why would I want to go there? I think it's much more intriguing to go to um, uh, Illinois from a passing attack standpoint. And, and you know, Lonnie could say, look, look at USTA. That's where we're going to be at. We're going to try to be that, right? Because that's where I, where, where I came from and whatnot. So I think we can. I think we can fight for Cade McNamara, who's – got a whole year of experience on a big 10 championship team, which is, I think what, what you need. And so I think Illinois can compete with that for sure. And I think what's difficult too, is for a team like Wisconsin, we'll get into this is, or, or even um, Nebraska, they got to get lined up with who they got as coordinators first fast. Yes. So they can start to start to get some of these transfer portal guys. Yeah. I just talked to Pat Embleton, the personnel director there. And he was saying, this is all within three weeks. Like, cause Illinois is going to want to get a guy in for spring ball, which is enrolled by January, right? So it's all right. going to happen within three weeks here. Uh, so it's going to be fast and furious. I just use Kate McNamara as an example. I don't know if Illinois is going to go after him, but he makes sure. sense. And he's just a guy that like has success before that I think Illinois can, can be in play for. Big NFL draft decisions over the next month too, right? Mid-January is where these guys got to decide. Uh, we know the seniors are, are gone here, Jay, but um, – can we just go down these guys' decisions of whether they should go or not or whether you think they'll go? Sure. Chase Brown's a no-doubter. Went through senior day. He can't take yeah, any more I, carries. I, I think Chase Brown, Chase Brown's – remember, guys, I mean, running backs are unlimited as it is. I would say that Chase Brown, you know, got his heavy dose of carries the last year and a half for sure, especially this year. And so I think to 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 to, to request – chase to come back after you know he's probably going to graduate and everything else or maybe has graduated um just doesn't make financial sense for a guy like that i mean it's in, it's in his best interest to move on yeah devin witherspoon gone like the question well, is whether he'll play in the bowl or not right now I, I can't blame him if he's a day one or day sure. two pick for for doing that sure you know i i, I think depends how, how spoon does at the combine but i mean i'm not sure how many people have looked at his tape i mean you're, you're at illinois i mean so i mean you're not <laughs> It's not like everybody looks at your tape like you're, you know, on the Alabama defense or something. And and this is a guy that every week, I don't know if I can remember seeing him out of position. You know, on tape, he's got four picks. You know, if, if, you, if you use the Purdue, I'm just watching the tape, you know, and they're going to count that and say, okay, he made that pick, he made that play, right? Just going to count on a stat sheet. Um, and his ability to tackle, right? I think that's what – I think that sets apart Spoon from so many cover corners out there. And he's kind of got that swagger. So I think Spoon is uh, – I would tell him to go. <laughs> I, I certainly – everybody want him to stay, but it's in his best interest to go on. Yeah, when they turn on the tape with some of these wide receiver prospects, Trey Palmer, Charlie Jones, Jaden Reed, right, they're going to they're gonna see him. So right, right. I mean, and, and he hasn't gone against slouches at all. And so I just – I think he's just been an eraser out there. I think I, – I, he reminds me of a kind of guy that um, – 
you know, when I think like physical defenders on guys that spend draft picks on it, I think like Baltimore Ravens and the Steelers. Like I feel like those are the teams that love a guy like Spoon, a physical, physical corner that fits into what they want to be. Those teams are never going to be, let's light up the scoreboard. Those are going to be, we're going to play, we're going to recruit to defense. We're going to play great defense and we're going to try to win games, you know, 20 to 17. I think these decisions are different, Jay, um, but I want to group them together. We always group them together. Um, but but Johnny Newton, a third-year sophomore. Keith Randolph, a fourth-year sophomore, but I think he's on track to graduate here. Those are those are interesting decisions. Um, how, what do you think of either of those guys um, with the decision they have to make? Well, I think Brett's rules is, you know, first or second round, yeah. If you're not that, then, you know, let's, let's go back. And, I, here's the thing with – with Keith. I think Keith was really solid. I think he he probably had more production earlier in the season than later in the season. And that could be wear and tear, could be scheme, could be, you know, could have been banged up. I think Keith could really benefit from another year. I think he's really, really athletic. I think he plays with really sound technique. Um, and I think he's only going to get better. Um Johnny, on the other prime, I think what, what's so unique about Johnny for an interior lineman is, is the amount of pressure that he provides on the quarterback. So he he's a great run stopper, and we've seen tons of penetration. But I think what's unique is when you can get pressure from an interior lineman, um, man, it makes everything easier for those DNs, right? And I think that's the unique piece about Johnny Newton is he's an elite pass rusher from the interior line position. And I think that probably puts him over the top to be a draft guy, at least in the first three rounds. I don't know that. That's just what I would take. I think it'd be hard pressed uh, to have as much production as he had this year. Yeah. Not because he won't be better, just because he had a great year. Yeah, I don't know how he improves his stock, to be honest. <laughs> I just think, I, I think the tape is so good. Yeah, and, and and you know, he's um, he's just, he's solid. I, you know, I don't think he's necessarily known as He's not known as like a long long arm guy. I think Keith's much more of a rangy looking guy. But what what's so impressive to me with Johnny is I, I rarely see a guy from being short and start, for a guy getting up in his body. I've never seen. I don't really see guy him get caught up. And he's pretty relentless to the football. During the tape, he's got some some incredible effort for a three hundred pounder. Yeah, I I don't know if this guy's going to even have a decision to make because I don't think he's quite there yet. Uh, but I think Seth Coleman put himself on NFL radars, right? And, and if you can get him. Keith Randolph back along with Gay Backus. That I, I know they got a hold of Phil um, with, with Keith Randolph and, and Calvin Avery, but I like T-Ra, uh, what I saw from him this year. That could be a really good front again, Jay. I think I think that's going to be the strength of the football team, even yeah. without Johnny. You know, I think I think Gabe and, and Seth are probably your best tandem in the Big Ten defensive end wise. I know I know Ohio State has some guys. My butcher's name forty four, but you know took uh, over that know. game. Yeah, yeah, you know so. I mean, they've got some guys, but I think Seth's got to put together for a whole season. Uh, he, you know, unfortunately, not to his own fault, he's, he's had injuries. You know, he's had some tough injuries the last two years. Um, concussion this year just took him out in, in a critical spur, right? And so I think he needs to show that. I think T-Rod's only, T-Rod's only a freshman, right? And he gave us some good minutes. So I think under Terrence Jameson's tutelage, I think he's going to be really good. Uh, Bryce Barnes gave some minutes. Yeah. Uh, this year, you know, some valuable minutes. I mean, probably five to 10 plays a game. And so I think they're going to be able to, you know, find a way to make it happen. Um, I'm also interested, you know, I don't know where, 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 where Beatty's going to play at. Uh, that's Jared Beatty. 
or uh, Malachi Hood, if he's going to be an inside backer or not. But they've recruited pretty well for that rangy outside backer position. So I think you could see some of those guys pop in as well. Odaluga as well is a guy who's played a lot at, in, in pass row situations. Not necessarily at the end, but an inside backer. Uh, three guys I want to group together because they've been here a long time. They might just be ready to move on. I, I don't think they're anywhere near guaranteed draft picks. But Luke Ford, Julian Pearl, Tariq Barnes. That They kind of got the Kalon Tolson decision to make, right? So Luke Ford can Luke Ford has the ability to come back for one more year. He could. I, I doubt he will, but he could. Yes, he's got a sixth year if he wants it. Here, I I, I think um, I really first of all I really like Tariq Barnes. I think he's maybe not as flashy as some would like him to be, but I think he's he's always been a solid football player here. I think he makes us better if he comes back. Mm-hmm. I'm I I think with Johnny Newton not returning, I think there'll be more plays for the linebackers next year. I really do. <laughs> um, so I, I think, you know, I think I really wish Tariq Barnes would come back. I'm not sure if he will or not. Um, nor, am I, nor am I sure. I, I just think he could produce more if he was here. I don't know if he'll be that, that much better of a player, but I think he'll produce more. Um, uh, you said Luke Ford. Listen, I, I, I think Luke – I like Luke. I think he's been physical at the point of attack, especially in the blocking game. I think when they've thrown the ball outside that one Indiana hit, he's been really solid on catching the ball. Uh, probably better hands than tip yeah. uh, at this point. Um, but has seemed to be beaten out by tip, you know, as far as the first guy in there. And so I think we could really use him, especially Marquise, you know, uh, moving on after his Palcheski year or sixth or seventh year. Um, so – I don't know. It, it, it might be time for Luke just on where he's at with just on, on the lineup because I don't know if he got the playing time that maybe he wanted to get, although I think he's a very gifted football player. And I wouldn't be surprised if that guy got into a camp yeah. and made a team. No no, no question. I mean, the way he can, what he can do on special teams, what he can do blocking-wise. You mentioned a third one. Who was uh, it? Julian Pearl. Julian Pearl. I, here's a, I think Julian Pearl can really – he's one guy I really think can benefit from another year. I, he's never been a ready-made prospect, but I, I, you know, he's solid. I just don't think he's. I probably wouldn't. I, I'd probably put him like a Jay Layman type, which is like you're probably late round or undrafted, right? And and you know, um, which is fine. But I think if he did one more year with Bart Miller, I think it'd be really beneficial for him. Uh, Luke Ford, I'm not so much on the beneficialness of it, but I think I think Julian Pearl for sure because I think he was so raw coming out. I think he started as D lineman. Yep. You know, and, and moved the O line, and we saw the jump that Pelcheski made with being healthy and everything. And remember, Julian Pearl had to miss Indiana because he got banged up at the ankle. I don't know how much that affected him this year, but I think if you have him and Chrysler and Adams back, um, that could help a lot. Yeah, Adams coming back could be huge too. I, I think he will. Uh, but whether he plays tackle, I'm hearing Jay maybe center is a possibility for him to show versatility of playing guard, tackle, and maybe even center. I think he's a guy that could take a could be maybe the one of the highest drafted guys in this team next year. I, I think so. I think he. I, I think he's a guy that can take a big a big leap. Uh, what I like about Adams is that he has that Kendrick Green road grader feel to him, and um, there's always a place for that. I think he's got it figured out in the run game. I think at times he has struggled in the pass game, at times, and I think he can improve on that. So I, I think there's definitely room to grow on that. I think Brett will say that, but th- th- that's kind of my take on him. Yeah. Any guys, young guys, that you're really looking forward to, Jay, uh, seeing them in a bigger role 
um, or seeing if they have it for next year. Maybe a guy we haven't seen a lot uh, so far this season. Obviously, somebody running back has to step up. Some young guys in the offensive line have to step up, and the secondary especially. Um, so I, I think Hank Beatty's going to actually explode next year. I don't think he was 100% healthy or got it 100% this year. Um, but I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be a good football player. I really do. And I think you put him and Isaiah Williams. You got great hands at the slot position. We still need somebody to stretch the field. Uh, and maybe that. Maybe that's Pat Bryant. Maybe that's Sean Miller or somebody else. There was a recruit, right? Uh, Miller or something like that. Pugh. Ian Pugh. Yeah. Ian Pugh. Ian Pugh. Okay. Yeah. Ian Pugh. He's a guy we beat out Luke Fickle for. Right. You know, from Cincinnati, right? From from Fenwick, I think. That's right. And so. Um, you know, so I I, I think th- those are some of the guys I'm like, okay, from the receiver position, I, I'm really high on Tip Ryman. Not a lot of people. I mean, I, I, you know, I got a chance, like I said, game one to be by Tip um, up close. Dude, dude, as you know, as Cisco would say, dumps like a truck for all you guys that are, you know, uh, you know, you, you guys that are younger, you probably don't realize, but you grew up with me and Jeremy. Cisco That's had, right. you know, one, one hit, I think. Un- um, hey, Unleashed a Dragon was a good album, man. I, yeah, okay, I know yeah, that. So, so if you ever watch MTV Spring Break, you know what I'm talking about. They played this, the, 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 the thong song a lot. I don't but, even know um, if the kids know what MTV is, Jay. Uh, yeah, I, I pro- probably not. But I, I, I got to see Tip up close, and I was really impressed with his body. I think he can, he can work on his hands for sure. We all can. But I, I, I really think Tip's going to take a big step as well. We look at who they produced at tight ends under Bielema and, you know, Hunter Henry being one at Arkansas, had, you know, Travis Beckham at, at uh, uh, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah. A lot of good tight ends at Wisconsin. It's always been a tradition as well. I think the big difference in those Wisconsin teams and our team is they always had one guy, a Lee Evans, a Jared Aberderis, that could stretch the field. We didn't have that, right? Yeah. And I think that makes a big a big difference. So I think Tip Ryman, um, who else do I think is going to make a jump? Uh, I think I, I think Josh McRae is going to have a great year. I, I, this wasn't a fair year for him. So whether it's a jump or not, I think Josh McRae is going to really relish being that being that featured back. Um, from, a, from a lineman perspective, uh, I think Zy Chrysler could make a big jump. I think you give him one year in the weight room, uh, with Tank, I think I think he could make a big jump as well. So that, that's what I see on the offensive side. Not sure if you want me to with the, keep going with yeah. this run on. Well, the, on the, the defense, the defense I mean, I'm really interested in these freshman DBs. Um, we saw a little bit of Xavier Scott. Has that Florida DB vibe, whether it's Taz, whether it's Witherspoon. Um, and, and Matthew Bailey, right, taking that Sidney Brown role is going to be really, really interesting. I know they'll probably want to add a transfer there, Jay, just because they're going to have one upperclassman DB. Taz Nicholson. Yeah, be Taz, right? I, I think, honestly, I think Taz could be all Big Ten next year. He was great this year. I mean, he's probably the fourth guy, you know, you talk about. But, and, you know, Taz, he had two concussions. He got he got his wrist hurt. I mean, he just, he just had a banged up year, right? But I think, dude, I think the injury wasn't in his foot, which you just don't want a foot injury for a DB. I mean, wrist is not good but no injury is good but it's not as bad as a foot for a db so i think taz can be all big 10 you know it's interesting to me because they they said they they timed matthew bailey in between some track meets or something and they weren't overly impressed with his time but to me he looks like he moves pretty decent or he's instinctual out there right so um i think bailey's going to be a good player i think he'll be all big 10 before he leaves Um, i haven't seen enough of xavier scott um i think he's still learning the position. I think 
he's got to have some stuff click. I think the, the you know, not a knock on Xavier at all because he's playing positions that, you know, you got thrown in there. But, uh, you know, when a guy goes in motion across the field on third or fourth down, you got to run with him as fast as you can, right? That That's something he's going to learn. Um, I thought Tyler Strain actually played well after he settled down. You know, I think, I think, I think, I think he could be good. Um, I have not seen many of these guys. I know you haven't seen many of these guys in practice or camp. So it's, it's hard. Right. And so we got to go off what what we see in spring games or when we, when we see it on tape. Yeah. Uh, So, so Jay, what do you think you would expect transfer portal? Obviously quarterback is number one target. What's your target after that? Like what's the most important position to fill? I mean, that's a, it's a, that's a great question. I, I, I don't know who we have, um, offensive line wise I really don't I would love to get another Juco offensive lineman or a transfer portal offensive lineman to be a stopgap in there I think we're I think we're 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 set at running back I would love to get a ready-made wide receiver somebody that wants to stretch the field it doesn't seem like those guys I don't think Jordan Addison's going to be in the portal again this year right or a guy like that but I would love to have somebody that you know we could stretch the field I think so number one I would say another offensive lineman i would say another db because i think we're going to need some experience there and you know i don't know how experienced we're going to be at backer i mean dark angelo is gone Tariq barnes might be gone i think calvin hart has one more year yeah one more year um you know uh rosiak he's number 28 i think yeah. um you know, he, he showed me some physicality, certainly undersized and shorter, but I think he's been physical on special teams and whatnot. I know they're really high on James Kurtz. Uh Is it James, the linebacker? Yep, one? James yeah, James Kurtz, uh, really long, needs to fill out a little bit, but nasty. Yeah, he needs to fill out a bit, but I would probably take a linebacker transfer too. Yeah. RJ, I want to ask you about the, the two new hires before I let you go uh, in the Big Ten. Two splash hires by the Big Ten. I think we're learning the Big Ten has pull. The Big Ten has resources. Sure. Nebraska hires Matt Rule. Uh, didn't work out with Carolina Panthers, but uh, two pretty big rebuilding jobs. He did pretty well at Temple and, and then, of course, Baylor. What do you think of that fit? Well, I do think he's a program builder. You know, when we talked about it, we said this this program needs a program builder, you know? Um, and I think Lance Leipold was in the conversation for both these jobs, right? Wisconsin or, or, or Nebraska. And, you know, I think, but I think Kansas made a move to try to secure that. And, and also, you know, Kansas didn't finish great. You know, it finished six and six or six and five, I think six and six, one, and six. Yeah. six and six was an improvement. But um, listen, I think Matt rules a tremendous college football coach. It did not work out in the NFL. I can tell you sometimes it doesn't work out in the NFL. I'm one of those guys, good college player. Didn't work out. Nick Saban, bad NFL coach. Great college coach. So I think I think Matt rules. Um, I think he's going to get it done. I, I I guess I'm I'm. Temple's a different one rebuilding job, and Baylor's another rebuilding job. The great thing about Baylor is that you are literally surrounded by recruits. And you know, when we were kids, Baylor was garbage. Nobody thought Baylor could ever be anything, right? And over the last twenty years, you kind of feel like Texas, Texas A&M, TS, TCU, Baylor. SMU is starting to creep up a little bit are all kind of on the same footing, you know? So um, I think Baylor, you know, because of Art Bryles, they had athletes there uh, and whatnot. Um, So I think that was a little bit different rebuild job. The question I have is under big 10 and academic standards, can he get players to Nebraska? Number one, 
that can can win. I Tom Osborne got players that I don't think they can get there now. Um, and so, and then what, what's it going to look like moving forward? What's the identity of, of Nebraska? And you, you have to, and I love what Brett says that the identity of your football team has to look like the region around it, or it's not going to last long. And so, I think it's interesting. I do like the hire. I think it's a good hire for Nebraska. Um, they certainly could have done worse. So I think it's a, a good hire for them. I think the thing I keep saying is it is a rebuild job. Like that, mm-hmm. they, you said identity. I think they wanted to be this flashy Big Ten school, but it just didn't translate because they got dominated in the trenches, Jay. Uh, and they just right. never had stability, really, it, it seemed like, in, in their roster. So I, I think starting in the trenches is going to be important for him. Well, I mean, they, they wanted it to be old-school Nebraska football with Oregon concepts. Yeah. And it just it just, just didn't work, right? I mean, that's – and when I say Oregon, Chip Kelly, Oregon era stuff, right? And, and, and this did not work. It did not mesh. I think they tried, but up front, we're not good enough. All right. Luke Fickle passes on Michigan State, was in the mix for Notre Dame. He goes to Wisconsin. What do you think? So it's interesting, right? I I, I had really thought that Luke Fickle was going to, one, get the Notre Dame job, but I think he's such a loyal guy. He wanted to finish out that, that special season under Cincinnati, which is the first group of five to make the playoff, you know, the right way. I think the timing was off. I also thought that he would be the Michigan head coach because remember Harbaugh two years ago, even last year, right? So Harbaugh two years ago, he took a reduction in salary. Last year, the Vikings almost got him to hired, right? And I thought that Luke was the heir apparent there. I really thought he was a perfect fit for Michigan and whatnot. Um, That never opened up. I, I, I think... Ryan Day at Ohio State, at least now, is still solid. I know they're crying about, you know, oh my gosh, we lost a game, and it's it's. But the, the reality is that the Ohio State job, when it comes open, is always going to be there for Luke as long as he keeps on doing what he's doing. Right? right. It's not like he has to stay at Cincinnati. If he goes to anywhere and just keeps winning, that job will be offered to him, I'm sure. But you know, I will say, great hire for Wisconsin, no question. I think the big question that comes into my mind is. Outside of the two years with Gary Anderson, this is really the first non-Wisconsin guy since Barry Alvarez took over in 1990, okay? And they have such a unique style there, right? And Brett Bielema has taken some of that and now transformed it, right, a little bit of, hey, we can recruit big linemen, we have a marquee running back, and we're going to, you know, kind of pound it down people's throat. Um, they kind of gotten a little bit away from that the last year or two, right? Um but what does Luke Fickle do with that? Who is certainly not that. He's, I'd, I'd probably say he's a, a, a more modern offensive approach than that, mm-hmm. right? But he's coming into a base where his recruiting base is really fit for that. And he's coming into a Big Ten West where that has won games. Um, so I think the, the biggest question is what does it look like? Does he retain Jim Leonard as a defensive coordinator? Does Jim Leonard even want to stay after you got offered by the Packers and you said no because you thought you'd get the job at Wisconsin? But what does the offense look like? And is that does that become a benefit um, to other schools that are trying to recruit bigger offensive linemen or a certain type of offense if, if, if Wisconsin goes the different direction? Yeah. You know, I don't know. So there's a lot of questions to be answered from a coordinator perspective. I do think Luke's going to be able to recruit as good as anybody there. I think he's going to be a good football coach. And I think it's going to be tough for Illinois to compete on a regular basis with a Wisconsin Luke Fickle, at least where Illinois is out right now. I actually feel very confident 
and good that we have Brett Bielema at the helm because I feel like he's a guy that doesn't bat an eye away from anybody, wants to compete with everybody. If we had a Tim Beckman or another coach in right now, that man, we're farther away than ever. I don't feel like that. Um, I do have a little bit of like, oh man, I really wish we won the West this year, but Hey, I think it is what it is. I think it's overall, it's good for the league. I was going to ask you, Jay, uh, to localize it. Um, how do you think this impacts Illinois? Does this scare you? Does this say, Hey, we, we got to keep upping our game, which, when you have Josh Whitman as your AD and now Brett Bielema as your, your head coach, I I feel like upping the competition is good because those guys are, are are wired that way to keep upping the competition. So I think, I think number one, it's going to raise the play of the Big Ten West. That's a good thing. But I, this whole talk about division stuff, I mean, uh, let's just give the example of the 2007 season. We had to play Ohio State, had to play Penn State, had to play Michigan, right? I mean, nobody in the West has to have has will ever have to do that, really. I mean, they usually spread them out a little bit more than that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we had to play a Wisconsin team that was top five under Brett Bielema, won 15 in a row. We had to play Missouri, who was the top 10 team, not when we played them, but by the end of the year. I mean, it was a road grader schedule right back then, right? I mean, like, so like we we we've done it and we've we've won games in that in that category, right? And here's the thing: if you want to win a championship. You you got to play them, right? And so it, and and so I think, um, man, do we wish that they hired a, a a coach that would fail miserably there and get an easy win? Well, if you're just worried about hey out getting a bowl game, yes. But if we're worried about actually winning a Big Ten championship, I think it might be good for us in the long term to actually have a little bit more competition in the West to try to actually win that championship. So. I see what they're saying. I think Brett's a great, uh, still the guy to do it. Remember, he's won three Big Ten championships. He knows that Wisconsin job in and out. We're battling with the right teams right now to get recruits. I think Luke Fickle's a great guy, a great coach, knows the Big Ten. I think it's good for the entire league. Supersized Jay Layman podcast. Great stuff, man. It was it was a fun season to cover for sure. Uh, and, of course, it's going to be uh, probably even crazier in the off season. But it's at least really exciting given where this program's pointed. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. I appreciate getting on with you, man. I know that uh, I have people that hit me up and say, man, I just love that. Love the podcast with Warner. So uh, glad we were able to do it, man. You're the goods, man. Appreciate you. See ya. We're blessed to have Jay Layman and his analysis on this podcast. Almost a full hour there of Jay and his thoughts on Illinois football. And it was a fantastic season with him. We'll get him on here at some point in the offseason, maybe before the bowl game as well, to preview what will probably be a game against an SEC opponent because the bowl range Illinois is in, whether it's Citrus or LiaQuest, uh, as well as the Music City Bowl, all against SEC opponents. And those most likely opponents um, are South Carolina, Mississippi State. I've seen some people throw in Arkansas because it's a fun storyline with Brett Bioma, but they're 6-6, six and 3-5. Six, and five. Kentucky uh, in that mix as well. Uh, Ole Miss. So those those are teams potentially that Illinois could play in. And those are fun, man. As Jay said, you really get to test yourself against, you know, the supposed, and really it's played out the way the college football playoff and, you know, the college championship games have gone over the last two decades. The, the best conference in the country in the Big Ten trying to put itself into that mix. Getting coaches like Luke Fickle and Matt Rule and Brett Bielema uh, certainly could help them you know, get the depth and the competition. And I don't want to say parody because it's Alabama and Georgia right now, but you know some of those schools rise up, whether it's you know LSU, Auburn has done it before. You know, Texas A&M was expected to, hasn't quite yet. Tennessee kind of gets in that mix. Uh, that's what the Big Ten would like, is more teams kind of competing with Ohio State. And we've seen Michigan do that now. Michigan State, 
you know, last year had that opportunity. Uh, can a team from the West, you know, really step up? Can Penn State take that next step uh, and really compete atop with those uh, other Big Ten East teams? We will see. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Illini Inquirer podcast. And if you are listening to this on Monday afternoon right after I post this, it's your last chance. If you want to be a VIP member, we've had more than 100 people sign up. Can't thank you guys enough. But it's 75% off. Save yourself some money and take advantage of a great deal. Because Jay Lehman and Michael Tulip's film room by itself are worth $0.07 cents a day or the $26 for a full year. And, of course, then, oh, you have all the analysis that we write, the recruiting nuggets, the recruiting breakdowns, the inside of the program, reporting on the team, all of that, a 75% off. It's a great time. That takes you all the way through next year. So you get all of this football offseason, the entire basketball season, the entire basketball offseason, the entire June official visits, uh, all of that coming up uh, over the next year for just what twenty six dollars uh, a month or twenty six dollars a year, a couple dollars a month, seven cents a day. Go do it uh, if you want to take advantage of this and, and try the Illini Enquirer VIP experience. It's a great opportunity to do that. Give us a follow, rating, review wherever you get your podcast. Go check us out on our YouTube channel, of course. Smash that like button, hit subscribe, and get all the updates from our interviews, our podcasts, all of that on our YouTube channel as well. Everybody take care of each other. Have a great day. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Enquirer podcast. Bye, everybody. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? Okie dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount Plus.